<laughs> Not yet. Um, so, yeah, um, my name's Ross Dixon. I am um, the pastor of a local church here in Columbia called Midtown Presbyterian. Um, it's a church that actually um, God called me to start, uh, to plant, as it's called in, I guess, church circles. Um, after I um, did this uh, for 14 years, I, I was the RUF campus minister here at Mizzou. And um, so I've been all over campus in almost every room and or auditorium with college students. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I was really surprised to walk in here tonight. I haven't been to Memorial Union in quite a while. And um, you guys, this is really nice uh, compared to what it once was. Um, <laughs> back in the day, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we look at John chapter 14, I, I even wrote down a couple of notes. Um, uh, David just made a plea for a physical Bible. Uh, I'm a big fan of having a physical Bible. And um, actually, I'm also frugal, which is another way of saying that I'm cheap. Uh, I got on the Amazon a while back and I found, yeah, it's what it's called. It's the Amazon, you know. Um, I found this fancy uh, ESV student study Bible, which... Uh, the word student just means it's like $30 less than like the full-blown ESV study Bible, but it has all the same stuff in it. I'm not even kidding. Um, and so really like before you go drop like, you know, 30 bucks or I think this was like $25 or something. It was a deal. Um, it's hi highly recommend a uh, ton of good stuff in it. And it is super helpful uh, because there's little notes that like help you unpack the Bible. And if we're being honest, the Bible is not always readily understandable, and it can be intimidating, especially if you're picking it up from the first time. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be talking to you about John 14, which I'm going to, um, but um, just a little bit about me. Um, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. I went to Auburn University. Um, God found me when I was in college. Uh, I never read the Bible. until I had grown up in church, but I never cracked the Bible open. Uh, until like my sophomore year in college. Um, I did my very best when I got to college my freshman year to run as far away from God as I could. Uh, went to all the parties, met all the people, uh, worked my way into a rut, almost failed out of school. Um, and it's just remarkable to me that um, the Lord was kind and gracious and still came after me when I was an utter and complete mess. Um, so if you're here tonight and you feel like, uh-huh, like you're in your mind, you're nodding, you know, like the, the Lord God is, is, is kind and he's not harsh. And, um, he, he love, he really does love to draw near, uh, to people who are a mess. And that's really all of us. Um, so, uh, so on that, that's a happy note to start on, right? Um, and, but in a way it is, because God is merciful and kind. Um, the, the other, I wrote down another note here. If you're new to RUF and you're like, man, what are these songs that we sing here? Like, what in the world? Just hang in there, you know, just, just bear with it. They're beautiful songs uh, and they're, they're rich in truth and they're rich as far as like our life experience, you know? So anyway, now, okay, now. John 14. Um, we're looking at the I am statement of Jesus where Jesus says, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's uh, one verse in verse six. What's going on here though, leading up to this point, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's having a heart to heart. 
And the heart to heart is this. Um, he's telling his disciples, I'm leaving you. Uh, I'm, I'm going away for a time. Uh, but here in John 14, he's basically saying, but it's going to be okay. You know, um, but you talk about like a shock to their system. Um, if you think back in your life, uh, I'm going to say it's safe to say um, that most of us, maybe a majority of us at least in the room, have had somebody of significance in our life leave. Uh, whether it was a friend, you know, me, first grade, Robbie Allen, moved away, devastated, right? Six years old, what was I going to do without Robbie Allen, right? Um, now, I'm half joking, but also half serious, right? And, and even beyond childhood as we get older, sometimes we've had uh, much far more devastating things. Parents have left, uh, or parents are present, and emotionally it is, and relationally it is as though they've left, uh, friends have disappeared, vanished. What in the world? I thought we were friends, right? Um, to some degree, you can relate to the disciples here. When Jesus told them, it's at the end of chapter 13, he's told them, um, I'm going away, and they're, they're, they're reeling. I'm going to read to you starting in verse 1, six verses tonight. Um, <clears throat> but starting in verse one, and Jesus gets it. He knows that they're like on their heels, devastated after he's told them that, that he's leaving. Um, if you know uh, what that feels like, um, or if you know of those feels, I'm devastated, I feel lost, um, empty inside, I'm a little scared. What is my place now, you know? Uh, you also would be in good company with the disciples. The good news, though, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about the Bible, is that it comes with words of hope, uh, and it comes with words of reassurance of why we really can trust God, uh, and really why trusting in God is the best trust. Uh, it's the best place to find yourself in the midst of life's devastations, uh, in the midst of life's questions. What, what is my place? Why do I feel empty right now. Why do I feel alone? You know, let's read the passage. Then I'm going to pray for us. <clears throat> John chapter 14 verses one through six. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, <clears throat> I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Prophet Isaiah tells us in Isaiah chapter 40, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Uh, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll dive in, okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, God, we thank you uh, that you know our hearts. Uh, you, you know the moments when we feel less than or alone or wondering where you are, wondering like you have left the building. 
and needing a word of comfort and a word of hope from you. We pray that this would be just that, um, that whatever it is pressing in upon us in life, uh, or even just the moments that we have sometimes uh, where we would like more assurance, uh, meet us now, we pray with your word. We trust you for this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Robbie Allen was one first grade. Um, I mean, you can just keep on, right? Uh, Paul Stedman, 10th uh, uh, grade. That was 10th grade year. Uh, played basketball in high school, believe it or not. <laughs> um, Coach Stedman. Uh, I, I couldn't wait to finish my freshman year so that I could play for the Paul Stedman. And he left, and it was like the rug had been yanked out from under my feet. Fast forward, got through college. Uh, first job out of school, worked in human resources at the University of Alabama, Birmingham in human resources. Worked for a man named Roger McCullough. Roger McCullough was a great boss, especially for a dude who was 23 years old, trying to figure out who he was and his career and like place in life in the workplace, Roger McCullough was the best. And then Roger McCullough left. Uh, these moments, uh, again, whether you've had a coach, um, a friend, a boss, a parent, somebody leave, it does leave you a bit on your heels. It leaves you reeling. In some ways it leaves you hurting because you feel a connection to this or that person. Um, it's how the disciples felt about Jesus. They had left everything to follow this man. Uh, they were in, 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 uh, in, in human reason form, you know, it was almost inexplicable, I'm sure, to people around them who were like, so you just picked up one day and followed this guy? And they're like, yeah, it, I don't know. It just totally makes sense. I mean, he's, he's a, he, he alone has the words of life, you know? And here he is, the one whom they've left everything for, for his mission, for, for the life that he brings because of the, the outrageous, amazing teaching that only he seemed to have the, 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 the golden tongue for, as it were. And here he is now saying, hey guys, uh, I'm going to be leaving you. <clears throat> uh, whenever we feel like people have left us, and let's be honest, um, there's moments where you feel like God has left you. you. You feel like Jesus has said to you, I'm, I'm out. And you're wondering where in the world he is. Uh, that, that's not uncommon, by the way. Um, and it's okay to feel like that. Uh, there, there are no perfect Christians who, who don't have doubts sometimes about God's goodness, about where he is. Um, what I want to encourage you with in those moments, whether uh, uh, a significant person in your life has left, or whether you feel like God has left you, um, run to his word and like dive in and just like a little bit at a time chip away at it and keep reading it um, because it's only there that you will find your inner afflictions soothed. Uh, it's, it's where you will find your hurts comforted. Um, and then there's any number of competing comforts out there. There, there there's, there's any number of competing soothings for your aching soul out in the world, but they all fall short. They all fail miserably to give you what you really want, the wholeness that you really want to fill the big empty, you know? And, if, and you know, 
if I say the big empty, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the, the hole, the big empty inside of you that you feel like is left. Um, even if you don't want to, if you don't feel like it might appeal to you, run back to God's word. Um, you can trust him. And even though it feels like Jesus may have left, it feels like you may be all alone, you're not. You can trust this Savior. You can trust Jesus. Uh, and I'm going to pull out three reasons why from these six verses. One, because he knows. You can trust him because he comforts. And you can trust him because he restores. Now let's try to make sense of these things. Uh, verse 1. <clears throat> he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He tells his, you know, devastated, on their heels disciples, what are we supposed to do now? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Um, the reason he says, let not your hearts be troubled is because he knows. He knows their hearts are troubled. When our hearts are troubled, he, he alone is like best qualified to, to, to know and understand the ache of the human heart because he created it. He created you. He gets it. He, he was God who took human flesh. You know, he, he, he knew all about our lived experience. He knows a broken heart when he sees one. That's why he says to them, let not your heart be troubled. Um, you know, I touted the ESV student study Bible here. One more unsolicited piece of advice. Pastors and preachers, we love to tell, tell you about books. Um, there's a commentary on the whole Bible written by this guy, Matthew Henry. Uh, I don't know how much it goes for, you know. Uh, but if you were to have, I'm going to recommend two books for yourself to understand the Bible. I would say this guy and Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible. Matthew Henry lived like, I think in the 1800s, um, but the, his language is not totally antiquated. Now here's an, here's an example. Uh, it's beautiful and it brings great comfort, helps me remember that, okay, I can trust Jesus because he knows. Matthew Henry said this, he's talking about the disciples at first. They looked upon one another with anxiety and concern and Christ looked upon them all and observed it. It was intelligible to the Lord Jesus, who is acquainted with all our secret undiscovered sorrows, Oof. with the wound that bleeds inwardly. Jesus is acquainted with these things. He goes on. He knows not only how we are afflicted, but how we stand affected under our afflictions and how near they lie to our hearts. He knows our soul's adversity. Mr. Henry in his commentary here is not exaggerating. He's not. Jesus Christ knows your heart. He knows your afflictions. He knows what's under your afflictions, how close they lie to your heart. He knows the adversity that you feel in your soul when you're asking those questions. What is my place? What is my purpose? Why do I feel lost? Jesus' knowing leads him to speak words of comfort. Verses 2 and following, he goes on. After he has said, I want you to, you know, he, he even tells them what, to, I know your heart is troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
he says. Or better translated, it, it would read, you believe in God, like you already believe in God. Well, believe in me, like trust what I'm telling you here. He goes on and says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now, at the very, it's, it's almost like he's talking them off the ledge, right? Like, don't despair of hope. All is not lost. There's many rooms in my father's house. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back for you. Like, that must have been an enormous, I hope at least, that it would have been an enormous relief. It ought to be a relief to us too. It's one thing if a friend knows your afflictions, knows your sorrows. It's a whole other thing if that same friend can do something about it. You know? This is another type of, uh, of, of, of really power that the world just doesn't offer for us. Uh, the, the world basically says, I know your troubles, I know your afflictions, here's what you need to do about it. The burden is placed back on you. And don't you know we've tried? Good grief. Have we not tried to fix ourselves, to, to, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, to put on a happy face? You know that everybody who's walking around who looks like they're the duck on the lake that's just gliding on the surface, like they've got their whole entire life together, you know that their feet under the surface are feverishly pedaling, right? Like the look on the surface, everybody's got it together except for me. But good grief, don't you know, everybody under the surface is trying to make their life work. Feet just going 100 miles an hour, heart rate through the roof, Right? The world says it's on you. Jesus comes and says, look, I have a plan here. I'm leaving, yes, but there's a greater plan at work, and this is to be your comfort because this world is not your home. This world is not home. It's just not. We, we try to make it our home all the time, right? But Jesus is saying there's another home for you, a better home. It's a heavenly home and it's incredible and it's like a mansion and I'm going to prepare a room for you and it's going to be great. When I first got married, I knew nothing about hospitality. Uh, my wife knew everything about hospitality. In other words, how to make a house a home, right? Well, she learned from her mother. And the first time I went with my wife when we were dating to Houston, Texas to visit her parents, I was, of course, nervous as all get out. Meeting the parents for the first time, we were going to be staying overnight. Had my own little guest room. It was lovely. But it was lovely because my wife's mother, Bruni, short for Brunilda, which is another story for another day, <laughs> or stick around afterward and I'll tell you the story, by my bedside table, I mean, I've stayed with friends, I've stayed with family, nobody has ever done this. On the bedside table, it was like Sports Illustrated magazine, uh, I don't know, men's health maybe, and like two water bottles and like a box of chocolates from like Godiva, right? Not like Hershey's Kisses, Pfft, whatever, <laughs> you know? But it was like, I was like, wow, this, this is incredible. You know, this, this is amazing. Like, I mean, A, this is amazing. B, I don't deserve this at all. Like, this is, this is like a notch up from what I'm used to. I mean, you know, old Ross, super simple guy. Very frugal guy. Never going to buy Godiva on my own. Um, but it's like that. Like the, 
I think Jesus is trying to lift the sights and the hearts of his followers here, and he's saying there's a better thing coming, and I promise it's going to be good, and this ought to be a comfort for your soul. Uh, Side note, look up the song by a singer named Rich Mullins. Uh, I think it's called uh, Where Where I Am, You May Also Be. It's based on this verse. Great song. Um, in all of this, um, Jesus is working up to like the crescendo here in verses five and six, because he's going to talk about how uh, I, I know your ailment. Uh, I want to bring great comfort for your ailment, um, but I want to restore you fully, really. Uh, Your life in this world, your life of following me is leading somewhere to your heavenly home, yes, but your heavenly home is where you get to be restored fully to your heavenly Father who made you. Like, like that is your bread and butter. That is your address, right? Like, that is, that's really where you live. If you know me and you follow me and you you love my teaching and you love me and you obey my teaching, uh, you have a heavenly home where you will be restored fully to relationship with the God who made you. That is your purpose. That is your place. Even when things in life may devastate, even when things may make you feel lonely, it ought to increase our hunger and our sights being set all the more on our heavenly home and that forever relationship that we have with the God who made us. He says it like this. Thomas, of course, speaks up. Um, Jesus has said in verse four, you know, you know where I'm going. And Thomas is like, actually, uh, no, we don't. We have no clue where you're going. Um, Still a little shady on this. Um, Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Um, hmm. This is one of those moments, this is one of those, like, if you have ears to hear, hear, right? Um, some of you have believed this stuff your whole life, and it's sweet to you, and it's truth to you, and it's foundation to you. I'm so happy about that. It's a great encouragement to you. It should be. Um, there's others of us, hear parts of the Bible and you think, I need to weigh that a little bit. There's a lot of other ways. There's a lot of other truths, a lot of other lives in the world that seem satisfying. You know, maybe I'll weigh this gospel thing together with all of that. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I think that's responsible. If you are, um, I don't know if people still use the word authentic anymore. You know, if you're going to be authentic about it, uh, if you're going to investigate other ways, other religions, other faiths, other life philosophies, okay, uh, but don't do it at the expense of not investigating Christianity as well. When Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he's making an exclusive statement. He really is. Um, He's basically saying, um, knowing me, uh, believing in me, trusting in me, and why I came to heal your brokenness, Uh, to speak to the big empty, to fill you up and bring joy and happiness to your life once again, to um, forgive your sin and to bring you back, to restore you into fellowship with the God who made you. He's basically saying, this is where real life is at and everything pales in comparison. It just does. 
Um, and I'll say this, and this is one of the things that really sold me years ago on Christianity, because I wasn't, even though I grew up in church, I wasn't immediately sold. But the more I read the Bible, the more I read some other helpful books and things, learning about the Christian faith, not as a, as a religion exactly, but more as a system of belief, uh, comparing it to other systems of belief, what I came to see is really that Christianity in a more all-encompassing sort of way made sense of my life and it made sense of the world that I was living in. And it still does. Um, and I, I, would, I would urge you, beg you, you know, for yourself, do your homework. Uh, if not, for like people that you know, if you ever get into conversations with people, Ask the hard questions. How does that faith or that religion speak to human suffering? Um, how, how, how does this or that speak to uh, what, what kind of worker I should be in the workplace and why? Um, how, does, how does this faith or this other religion speak to uh, why I should be nice to my neighbor? What's the, what's the underlying motivation for these things? And, and all of these things and then some Christianity speaks to absolutely every area of your life and it provides a more satisfying answer uh, it all flows out of this being restored to the god who made us um, apart from being restored to god through jesus uh, we're left really estranged from him we're estranged from other people uh, we're estranged from ourselves um, Things are not the way they should be until we know Jesus, uh, until we trust him, until we follow him, until we know that he has absolutely forgiven us. He has absolutely come for us with his love. He absolutely knows, he absolutely comforts, and he absolutely alone can restore. The one who is the way to God, the path to God, um, he is the truth. We can trust him. He speaks words of truth about who we are and why the world is the way that it is. Uh, and he is the life, uh, the sin that resides inside of us, the effects of sin, our sorrows, our afflictions, those things that he knows deeply about. Um, the effects of sin, they don't bring life, they bring death. And he's the one who's saying, I'm, I'm going to replace that with life. I am the life. Um, I think we'll end there. Uh, my encouragement to you, again, I've given you like 19 encouragements tonight. Uh, uh, if you believe this stuff, believe it more. Um, do the things like coming to RUF as much as you can on Wednesday nights. Um, start going to church. You don't have to come to my church, even though it's awesome. <laughs> um, it's... Uh, it's pretty, yeah, totally. It's, 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 it's pretty unassuming. Um, I just know, like, there's people at our church uh, who resonate with this stuff. Um, some people who, a lot of people who go to our church are Christians. A lot are not, and a lot are in process. Um, but we talk about the stuff of life and um, the gospel and um, a Savior who, who does know um, and who does comfort and who does restore day after day after day. Let me pray and um, think maybe we'll sing one more song. Lord, thank you uh, for Jesus. Uh, we who, well, we just don't deserve such a Savior. Um, 
we, we oftentimes go our own way and we, we try to make things right with ourselves time and again. And, and yet you sent us your son like a good shepherd who would come and find us. Um, he knocks on the door of our hearts. Sometimes he just barges right in, makes himself at home. I pray that would be the case for all of us in this room. Lord Jesus, if um, we're hesitant to trust you, uh, if we feel like you've left and we don't know where you are, please come back and make yourself real to us again. Um, heal our hurts, uh, comfort us, and restore us to yourself and to the Father, we pray. We trust you for these things. We pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh no. Oh my gosh, you did not. <laughs>